Welcome to a new year and another episode of the Casting Couch Filmcast with me, Gaz, and my boy. Rubes. Hey, Rubes, how you doing? Good, buddy. Chilling out. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. We're in a really cold room today. My nipples could cut glass. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about yet. My nipples can wait. What have you been watching, Ruval, over the Christmas period? A few things. I'm not going to go into all of them. Right. Um, what's it called? I watched three films that could have all ended up in my last year's top ten. Yeah, I think we should quickly address the top tens. Um, because I feel like I didn't see enough films last year and I put films in there like Bridget Jones' Baby. And I'm not saying I go back on my word, but I've heard I've had some fan mail that's been fairly abusive. Hate mail, mate. <laughs> towards Do you want to go straight into that first before we go into what, uh, what we've been watching? Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me one second. We just boot it up because I emailed it to myself. Okay. Alright, here we go with some listener mail. Listener mail. Alright. Philip from Bedfordshire. Philip from Bedfordshire. Which is weird because I'm from around that area. Anyway, just finished up listening to your, in inverted commas, top 10 of 2016 <laughs> episode. And right. I must say that I am bitterly disappointed. Wow. Firstly, Rob. Who the fuck's Rob? Who's Rob? He must mean me. <laughs> Arubal, yeah. Five horror films in your top ten. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and amongst that, Green Room misses out. And Accountant as your most disappointing film is a joke. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I, I mean, said why. It was Rob, most disappointing. you are wrong. So he's got a point. <laughs> and Gary. Yeah, he's got Bridget right. Jones. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the worst made films I've seen in the last decade. This pick alone takes away any credibility from your top 10. It was towards the end of my top 10, the lower end. And I don't think there's anything wrong with rom-coms in general. Love Actually would have made my list back in 2001. I would agree with Philip, but he dissed me, so fuck him. Yeah, no, I, I agree with him too about the five horror films. And no Green Room. Well, What's wrong with you? I like Green Room, but that Ooh, in the Cloverfield Lane and Don't Breathe were pretty much the same Right. kind of idea and I don't put three of the same I think we both in agreement if we went back and watched a load more films maybe our top tens would be vastly different because you saw some things like well do you want to go into what you saw because I know you loved some of the films that you saw well recently recently yeah um, I watched uh, Magnificent Seven. Oh, I wasn't um, thinking about that one I didn't think I'd like it but I loved it it was so fun um, great cast lots of good action funny bits um, yeah I mean I think a lot of people are shitting on it because it's a remake of a remake yes but I mean, watch it for what it is. It's really good. Entertaining? Yeah, man. Good 100%. Cast, isn't it? It's a really good cast. Yeah, like, you got Byung Hung Lee. Um, it's got Chris Pratt. Yeah. Uh, not Samuel Jackson. Denzel Washington. Fuck, I'm becoming a racist. racist. Um, <laughs> Denzel Washington. Ethan Hawke. It's great. Yeah, okay. Um, watch that. I watched um, Nocturnal Animals. That looks really good. I want to see that. Amazing. Um, Amy Adams is really good in it. Jake Gyllenhaal is always good in everything. Um, it's really sad and depressing and harrowing harrowing uh, it's very dark it hasn't got I don't think one light moment but it's a good dark film right yeah I just, love a good dark film I don't it's just mind like the end dark. you kind of will feel like what's the point it hasn't got a point but right. it, you'll enjoy the journey it's really good and I love the way they structure the narrative um, I don't want to go into it and spoil it for you okay but it's really well done and um, directed by Tom Ford the fashion yes. designer yeah he's Weird, a great right? director and finally uh, I watched Girl on the Train so that is on my top of my to watch list I really want to watch that yeah. was it good which one Girl on the Train Girl on the Train I, I loved it everyone said it's shit so I, I didn't watch it in the cinema yeah and my wife was about to give birth at that time but I watched it recently and it's really good like it, it reminds me of Gone Girl which isn't a bad thing it's a great um, thing yeah what a film that is I think if you sit there trying to predict things you won't enjoy it as much but if you just you know, go along for the ride 
It's really good, and the performances were amazing. Like, I like Emily Blunt. Blunt. She should at actual. least get an Oscar nomination, in my opinion. Is it that good? Did she go through like the mental ringer? Yeah, man. Yeah. I really felt felt it, and like, um, it was, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Brilliant. What Say no more, because I really watch? fancy watching that. Um, I saw quite a few things as well. Um, I'll start off with the less good things. So, Zoolander <laughs> two. I had to get through in two sittings. It was. Uh, I'm a big fan of Zoolander one. Two was horrendous. Uh, <laughs> I laughed maybe once or twice. As it goes on, and when Will Ferrell's reintroduced, it kind of focuses more on a story. But the first hour is as many cameos as they can fit into the movie as possible. Bad film. Sadly, it's just not funny. And then recently, I mean last week on a Monday, I went to Odeon Screen Unseen, which is where you pay £5 and you don't know what you're going to go see. But they guarantee it's a classic, a future classic, and it'll be out in a few months. So I saw a film called um, uh, Hidden Figures. I almost forgot the name there. It's that boring, the title and the film. But isn't like, I saw that online and it's got like 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10 across the board. Yeah, I've actually taken to Twitter to, to argue with people who like it. It is slop. It is what's, why I'm starting to fall out of love with films. Because I, I think it's made for children. But a lot of adults seem to love it and it stimulates them. And I say, okay, well then that's, it's obviously diluted to the point where it gives me nothing. It takes a, a really good story, a story that needs to be told about three um, black women in the 50s who work for NASA. Yeah, true story. True story, yeah. They're all different in their own ways. One was like a coordinator, one was a mathematician. And they all help contribute to um, the moon landings against like space race against Russia. And that's a great story, right? No, nah, because it's so diluted down. It's the cheesiest. It's a PG. That should tell you a lot. And it doesn't try and stimulate your brain. I, I was uh, left wanting. And my mate was as well. So it wasn't just me. But it's getting 9 out of 10s. You I, said to me, didn't you, like, all the scientists look thick or appear yeah. thick? Yeah. So, so there was some nice bits uh, to do with kind of the race and overcoming that. And there's some heartwarming moments where the head of NASA kind of breaks down the barrier and everyone gets to share the same bathrooms, etc. But up until then, it's just a room full of like, he calls them geniuses. So a load of white men doing all the maths and stuff. Um, and he's like, does anyone know how to solve this equation? And everyone's stumped. And it's the same scene over and over. The woman puts her hand up. Yes, you. What's your name again? Oh, Teresa. Yes, it's this. And he's like, my God, she's right. It's that cheesy. <laughs> it's not, oh, come on. And it's like. They sound need... like Apple geniuses. <laughs> yeah, they look like useless. It. But you didn't need all the men in the room. And it makes them look really bad. And I'm sure they weren't just bone idle at the time. And if it's a true representation, you've got to give them credit too. Because they obviously contributed to the space. Anyway, so that was it. Um, um, we've got another another bit of uh, hate mail. Go on. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because Go we've on. got two, remember I told you. Um, so from Danny. And he, oh, he or she writes, Hello, CC. <laughs> This is funny. Go on. I'd like to take a moment to thank your friend Justin for recommending hypernormalization. Oh, yes. I'd like to thank him for wasting 2.5 hours of my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is only a film that would interest people of a certain disposition, or as I could put it less subtly, conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a Chomsky essay oh, put into film, but with more sweeping narrative and few supporting <laughs> facts slash data. This is only made for people prone to sensationalism. 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 Yeah. Uh, keep well, up the good work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. What Justin, a sign off as well. Wow. Keep up the good work. Justin got murked. Yeah, I think it speaks volumes that I still haven't actually got around to watching that film. And uh, maybe that is the reason why I haven't. Um, and then just lastly, I watched Star Wars Rogue One, which uh, I'm glad I got around to watching because I thought it might be in my top 10 last year. Um, wait till next week to hear my thoughts on that one because hopefully we're going to have a special guest in the form of either a man called Ian or a man called Greg and we're going to discuss Star Wars because you aren't going to watch it let's be honest I will you? watch it once it comes out I'm not a Star Wars guy so. okay fair enough um, Justin just texted me 
Because he had come here at one o'clock. Studio is ready. Like, well, it's too late. It's too late now. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> You're so uh, slow, Justin. So slow. Okay. I wonder that person, Danny, hated you. As <laughs> <laughs> always, for your emails, thank you. For, even if they're bad. There was some other stuff, but they were kind of like, you know, oh, I like the show or hate the show. Whatever. Well, that's nice. But I like reading ones. <laughs> Why didn't you read that out? <laughs> Could have well, you know, there's no conversation piece there. Where these ones had. If you want to get in touch, it's uh, the casting, ca- casting Couch Filmcast at gmail.com or at CC Filmcast on Twitter. Um, as always, we'll read out anything on air. Um, today's show, we're going to focus on Black Mirror. So that's coming up. And at the end of our Black Mirror discussion, we're going to talk about our top five AI films. So skip ahead if you want that, or stick around if you want to hear our chat. But here goes. It's time for the main feature. Okay, so Black Mirror is a series that came out a few years ago uh, by Charlie Brooker. It's had a revival thanks to Netflix recently uh, in October this year. Uh, six new episodes came out specifically for that platform. I think we should go through these new episodes first and then quickly delve back into the archive Don't go in order. of the older ones. I think Because these... I watched it in order. It would be a bit weird for me. Would it? Yeah, because it gets better and better, right? So. I suppose. Okay, all right, we can go. Okay. So we're going to go right from the very start way back to 2011 when the first one came out on Channel 4. We're going to skip through these quite quickly and then really focus on the latest six on Netflix. So the first one is called The National Anthem. It's the one that kicked everything off. Uh, the story revolves around a prime minister being blackmailed to have sex with a pig in order for a princess to be released by a, a serial killer. Sounds like a true story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sort of. Very close to home. Um, I love this one. Straight off the bat, it's what got me into it. I like Charlie Brooker at the time anyway. He did um, something called Dead Set, which was a, a Big Brother zombie spin-off. Um, and it was great. It's grounded. It's not doesn't really follow the theme of AI, but I like that. What did you think, Ruth? Um Yeah, this is the first one I watched. I thought it was okay. I mean, I, if I watched this later on down the series, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. But as the first one, it, was like, it had a bit of a kick. Um, so I was like, yeah, I can, I can see myself getting hooked into this series. Um, but I didn't really use technology it, was, it just kind of was there just to push the story yeah, forward a bit. Yeah, it didn't use tech at all, really, did it? It was uh-huh. just a... Uh, I guess he, he's... Charlie Brooker is coming from a very uh, political, journalistic background with all his screen wipes and stuff. So I think he was just trying to get that out of his system. Cause he, and it, it, basically, I saw a screen wipe recently where the whole... Um, the pig scandal came out with the Prime Minister and it played exactly like how he <laughs> predicted it. You had like uh, some papers having fun with it, some papers not... Some people trying to keep it all quiet, this, that, and the other. Everything played out exactly as he predicted. Yeah, I mean, um, with this one, it kind of does make you think. Would you? What would you do in that position? Yeah, um, it's a good question. What would know. you do? Uh, what would you do? I don't want to fuck a pig. Isn't it? Isn't it weird that because he's in such a position of power? This is what I found quite, quite. You can compromise. You Maybe can. you can fuck a cop. <laughs> you know, yeah, that'll be all right. Fucked over them enough, yeah. I suppose. Um, no, I found it weird. There's a lovely bit at the end. Oh, spoiler territory! Just saying. Yeah, there'll be loads of spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, there's a lovely moment at the end where um, he is smiling to the cameras with his wife, and as soon as they go behind the door, she walks off and doesn't want to know him. And it kind of makes you realise there is a man behind the persona, and just because he's in a position of power doesn't mean you have to vilify him, which everyone does. Everyone tunes in and watches him fuck a pig. It's not an easy decision to make. No. Like, you try and make that decision. Go home and then drive over to a farm and fuck a pig. But here's a question, right? Here's a question. So Donald Trump, obviously, is hated right now. If everyone said Donald Trump is going to fuck a pig at three o'clock to save someone's life... I'd laugh. You'd watch it, right? I'd watch it and laugh. Yeah, I think everyone would because you think he's a villain because you don't care. But really, there might be a bloke behind that persona. But the character in that episode didn't appear to be anything like Donald Trump. 
No. Like David Cameron did it. I don't know if I would watch. Yeah. Like, I don't love him, but, you know, he's not. I don't want to see someone go through that. I don't want to see him fuck a pig's head. But it's already sparked some conversation between <laughs> Let's us. Let's grade that shit. I'd give that one a solid C. Um, I'd give that one a B plus. He was finding his feet, but it was oh, a wow. good story. Number two. 15 million merits. This one uh, is only three in his first series. This was the second. It's a, a bit of a, a look at talent shows in a dystopian future where everyone kind of works um, on treadmills, it looks like, isn't it? Oh, yeah, classes, that one, that one. Yeah, yeah. In order to earn credits and merits, which should take you to a better life in future. Um, and everyone gets a shot at fame by appearing on this show. Is it called 15 Million Merits? I, I think, think it so, is. Yeah. Where a little judging panel, a bit like Simon Cowell, etc., uh, look at their talents. Um, pretty weird episode. In, in It culminates with the main woman ending up uh, selling out and being a porn advert star, I think. Yeah. And a guy who's watched her and gives all his credits to her and votes for her um, then has to sit and watch her do porn, basically, for the rest of his time in this hellhole. Weird story. Um, the fact I can barely remember it shows you what it's probably like. I thought it was all right. Did um, you? I thought it mirrored life quite well because you do not. I don't think I do. But a lot of people do dead end jobs um, with the hope of being famous or suddenly striking it rich. Yeah. And it's just trying to show that when you do strike it rich in this way, when you sell out, it's not always a good thing. Like you have a lot of. I don't know. Let's just say a waitress comes to LA, and she works in a. Yeah. Well, she's she's a waitress. And then trying to make it big. The next thing, some guys like want to make it big. I can make you big. You're <laughs> She's right. She's in porn. <laughs> yeah, it is. Do you sell out? Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind it. I thought it was all right. Looking at the bio, looking at the bio, it says uh, it's a satirical take on society's insatiable thirst for distraction. Um, I didn't get that so much. I know they're always being distracted by adverts, but they're enjoying them. For me, it's more a take on entertainment shows, mm-hmm. reality shows, um, and debunking why uh-huh. why we even look at these. I things. think it's got a few layers. This one. I quite liked it. I'll give this one a C as well. I'll give this one a C. I'd agree with you. Uh, not up to the standard that you set in the first one, but I think it's because I found it a bit more... Budget constraints also play a big part. The first one played out like a good thriller, and it looked like a good thriller. This one... The fact it looked that a bit cheap, didn't it? It looked a bit cheap. It was all set in one kind of room that was probably filmed in a studio somewhere in like you know, Islington. And the guy, when he does his final speech... You know, when he goes on stage, finally, oh, yeah. the black guy. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. He's so overactive. And then don't they make him a celebrity for being a rapper or something? He like becomes a vlogger. A vlogger, yeah. Weird. He's so overactive. Anyway, um, next. And the finale of that series is called The Entire History of You, starring one of your... You worked with this guy once upon a time, didn't you? What's his name? Toby Ooh. Kebbell. Oh, yeah, Toby Kebbell. Nice guy. Really good guy. He's been in some dodgy films lately, like Fantastic Four, but he's uh, also done some fantastic films like uh, Dead Man's Shoes and... Oh, that's such a good movie. A good film, yeah. So he's a, he's a very good actor. Uh, it's set in the near future where people's you, people use a memory implant and it kind of records everything you do see and hear. So you can never really lie because you can just go back into the archives of your brain and suss it all out. Uh, this one affected you, didn't it? You liked this one. I liked this one a lot. Um, yeah. I used to always think, I wonder if this kind of thing happened in real life, how it would be. And then seeing this and then made me kind of think about it that a little bit more. Um, I think this one could have been a feature film. Um, it was really interesting. Um, only thing I didn't like about it was it was just an affair. I wish it was something a bit more out so, there. So yeah, I don't think they take the concept and run with it. They kind of do the most basic thing you can think of, which is an affair and replaying over memory. But I still liked how he revealed little bits, like when he says, "Oh, look at a painting behind you," and he notices that. Um, it was good, man. <clears throat> it's I a good. Really it's a good one. In fact, it's so, uh, so probably the best story of the three that it got picked up by David. Is it David Lynch? No, who does the? Who did Zodiac? Who directed those? Uh, Fincher. Fincher. Uh, Fincher's got the script right. So really? Yeah, I think him and Robert Downey Jr. are going to make a film out of it. Well, that would be interesting. I, I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was quite suspenseful. <laughs> the acting was quite good. 
um, although I think you disagreed with that. Yeah. I think um, the acting wasn't so good. I, I don't think, because obviously Brooke has not been through anything, I imagine, as traumatic as what they go through. I always find it's actually a consistent theme with all these episodes. The dialogue um, is Brooke, very Brooker, and sometimes I don't buy it, and I don't buy the actors saying it. And I found this whole affair didn't take as much of a toll on them as you'd expect, and it was a bit more rowy and a bit more... Took a toll on Kevl. Went over to the man's house, yeah. into his crib, fucked him up. Yeah. But it, that was a bit unrealistic because he was like some scrawny guy and the other guy looked quite built. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah that's what I mean. Ca- yeah, and casting is... Because I would have went over to the guy's house and if he was that built, I'd be like, don't fuck my wife again, please. So again, this is... <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. I think this is a, a case of where the concept's better probably than the execution. So I will give this one a B. Yeah, same, agree. I give it a B. Nice. Nice one. Okay, and then we're on to 2013. The three episodes. Uh, this is when Black Mirror. Four, isn't it? Three. Oh, and a Christmas special. You're yeah. right. Uh, this is the one where Black Mirror really took off in the public eye. The first episode was called "Be Right Back," and it stars some very uh, famous actors now, like Domhnall Gleeson, who's gone on to do Star Wars and other things. Oh, he's the guy from Ex Machina. And Ex Machina, yeah. And he's good. He essentially uh, is again a near future. I never recognised this guy. Really? He's a Star Wars Revenant. Ex Machina and this, and yeah. I've seen all four of them, and I rec- never recognise him. He's quite diverse, isn't he? He's quite yeah. versatile. And he's he just looks like your, your next door neighbour. He's in my sister's favourite film last year, Brooklyn, apparently about uh, Irish guys in America. Seen she said it's a nice rom-com. Anyway, it's about in the future, um, there's a new a new kind of social service that lets people stay in touch with the deceased. It kind of looks through your Twitter, your Facebook, everything, your social profile, and re- kind of reanimates you as a robot with your personality. Um, apart from in this case, <clears throat> he's not quite right. What did you think? I didn't like this one at all. No. I thought it was boring. I thought the idea was too far-fetched. Um, like, obviously, you've seen films like Her that did it much better. Yes. Um, well, it's not this exact idea, but I think that was a better version of this. Yeah. This was quite boring. And once he comes back, you know, with like a human form, it was just like, come on. Like, if you were that girl, you wouldn't go that crazy into it. And if no. once you saw him as a robot, you'd know it's not your husband or whatever. Yeah. I didn't like this one at all. You're right, and her, you're right, I didn't even think about this, is it's the same sort of concept, it's about loneliness and, and kind of bringing in a companion, but I can believe her because it's like Siri, isn't it? It's like and it's like a new to... relationship, so yeah. you can actually go along with it, where this one is like, no matter how, like, even if you died, yeah. and then you came back as a robot, I still know it's not you. Yeah, and you'd have you a know? hard time really Yeah, whereas engaging. if it was another person that was like you, but a new person, new relationship, I might be able to... You know, go along with it. But yeah, you're right. So. Again, it's another concept story. I think, again, a great concept. And I can imagine him pitching that and going, everyone going, oh, amazing. Yeah, make that. And then it's, he gets to that point where he's brought the character back from the dead and he's going, ah, what happens now? Yeah. And again, it fizzles out. She just locks him in a cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just doesn't like it. I'm going to give this one a C minus. I'd give this one a C plus just for the concept. But yeah. um, Okay, then we go on to episode two, White Bear, <laughs> which... Uh, is perhaps I'm going to ruin it now. It's perhaps my favourite of all of them. It's really good. Um, it's it, I wouldn't even say set in the near future. It's just it's uh, set somewhere kind of now, but it looks quite dystopian. It's like the day after tomorrow. Kind yeah, of that sort of thing, where a woman wakes up in a chair in a kind of uh, wrecked house, and there's just a little sign, like a little logo, on every screen in the house. Um, she walks outside, and everyone there is wearing horrible masks, and they're all kind of filming her. She's asking them for help. Uh, everyone's just taking pictures and filming on the camera phones. So it's quite obvious what he's trying to do there, draw comparisons to our kind of generation. I'd yeah, say. someone gets hit by a bus and everyone just comes just running with phones. It, yeah, films it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, a, it's obviously a very important story. Uh, can we reveal the spoiler? Yeah, yeah. 
as it unfolds, um, you realise in a horrible that kind of, bitch was a fucking paedophile. Uh, Twenty minutes, yeah. Paedophile's assistant. Paedophile's assistant. They they raped and killed a little girl because she keeps having these flashbacks out of this little girl. And you're like, oh, she needs to find a daughter. It's like her daughter, right? Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, you realise she actually killed this girl with her guy, um, and now has to live through a kind of new form of punishment. Rather than go to prison, you have to live this horrible nightmare over and over again. And everyone in the community of which the girl died in, um, they all rally together. And it's a really and the, who's the guy? Who's the actor? He's like this horrible Irish actor, but fantastically cast. Oh, him, the one that finds them halfway through. Yes, I can't remember his name, but he's in like the Kill List. He is um, the Ben Wheatley film. He is. He's um, such and he's in a bunch of stuff. He's is really Michael good. Michael Smiley. Is that him? Is that his name? I think so. He's in a bunch of stuff. I, I really like him. Like anytime he's in a film, I kind of enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and this one, he's so when, sinister, when I, isn't he? Yeah. When I first started watching it, I was like, "Oh, it's quite interesting. We'll see where it's going." But the main actress was just pissing me off, and I was like, "This is getting really annoying." Yeah. Um, but once it got to the twist, like you know, when they get the shotgun and yeah. then the crowd is watching them, I was just on board. I was like, "This is fucking amazing." amazing. I never saw that coming. And there's one, <clears throat> there's one line that stuck with me because I haven't seen it for a few years now. There's one line that really stuck with me, and it's what Michael Smiley says. When he's, uh, when he's addressing, when it goes through this like, flashback sequence of, of what he's saying to everyone, he's like, now take as many photos, uh, videos as you like, let's make the bitch pay, but you can't throw stuff at her, you can't hit her. And I was like, that line makes it seem less stupid, because maybe the twist people go, ah, it's a bit twee. But uh, just by saying that, by saying there is actually rules in place, you can't hurt this woman, because obviously it's a form of punishment you can't actually abuse. You know, like you can't kill someone in prison. They've got to serve their sentence. I love that. I thought, yeah, this yeah. is actually a believable punishment. Like a theme park. Yeah, it's like a fucking theme yeah, park. Yeah, I would go to that. Would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. If someone like killed your daughter, you'd have to, you'd go and fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. through the hell, wouldn't you? Well, I love this one. I'd give it an A. Yeah. Good on you. Good on you. I think uh, it's an A plus for me. Do we do pluses? Yeah. Well, I don't think we've ever given one out, but Oh my well, god! You've definitely never. Well done, oh my bear. god! Oh my god! <laughs> Much better than Bridget Jones' baby. <laughs> that was in your top ten, so. <laughs> yeah, um, and so then we kind of fall from grace to the finale of that series, the Waldo moment. Uh, again, Donald Trump. A comparisons here. Yeah. Um, reality TV star, president, whatever. Exactly. Um, I I hated this one. I thought it was boring. It was it's stupid. Boring. It wasn't struggle, interesting. Struggled to tell you the story, really. Yeah, but I would have said, oh, it's unrealistic, but it's not because <laughs> it happened in real life <laughs> yeah. but I just yeah it was just it was, it was a nothing story I didn't care about it um, the characters are shit I wonder if Brooker knows this is the worst that he's done it, I think it's, Hopefully. it's kind of universally agreed the story is a production company behind a late night comedy show develop a pilot for one of its characters a blue CGI bear called Waldo they use Waldo to enter into a political race to generate publicity for the series. The scheme gets out of control and he becomes Hitler, basically. He becomes president and he, well, prime minister. I think he loses, but he becomes really famous. Oh, I think he comes it? second or something. I just remember the finale being like him shouting abuse at people in the street. Yeah, I just have weird. nothing to really say about this one. I'm going to give this one a D. Yeah, let's skip that one. That's a D as well. Um, and then we have the Christmas special. Um, which is a few different stories entwined into one. Again, really good cast. Um, yeah, you had the guy from Mad Men, right? But, uh, yeah, Chappie from Mad Men. I've forgotten his name now. Uh, this is going to bug me. And you've also got Chappie from um, Life of Pi. Again, forgot his name. Oh, isn't it? He's yeah. a friend of a friend. Is he? Yeah. Oh, no, nice. Well, best friend of a friend, actually. I was going to keep saying Chappie. You've got... Um, Ch Una Chaplin, who was in Game of Thrones. I remember her name because she's fit. Who is she in Game of Thrones? She played Rob Stark's wife. Who the fuck? Oh, the medic. Who? She was a medic. 
Yeah, she or was, something she like was that. sweet, basically. No, I don't remember she that. She didn't really get her tits out. She just laid down. Yeah, this one. I I did... Well, you want to say one story. Do you want to go for it? Do you want to say the story? I'm never good at these things. Mm. Uh, well, this guy wakes up in his place and he's, he, there's another guy there and they're kind of doing some kind of job where they're looking after this house and then they start talking. Uh, they haven't talked for many years. Yeah. And <laughs> then, a bit weird. So that the guy... Uh, well, one of the guys explains why he's there and what he's done to get there. And I think, uh, what was the what was the first short story? He implanted some camera into a guy's head and was trying to get him a date or a one-night stand. Yes. And then in the one-night stand, the guy gets killed um, and then he takes the blame for it. Yeah. And he ends up in this place. And I think he had another short story where um, he put some woman into, uh, into her own consciousness. Weird. Where she's stuck. That's in a chaplain, isn't it? Yeah. I believe that's in a Chaplin's character, and she's stuck there forever. It's a horrible scene, that actually. Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas. So that's why he's there, and then the other guy's there because he killed, um, he killed his ex-wife's husband because she gets pregnant, doesn't want to know. Can't she runs away, lives with her dad, and he kind of stalks her a little bit, checks the baby out every now and then as well. There are little themes where you can, in this future, you can blank people so you can't yeah. see. It's like Facebook where you block someone. So she yeah. blocks him from seeing the kid's face. So eventually her. she dies and he goes into the house and kills the granddad. And well, he finds out that the kid's Chinese. It's yeah, not his kid. it's not even his kid. Um, and then he kills the granddad and he's there for that <laughs> you reason. You love that bit, don't you? <laughs> Chinese baby. And, yeah, and then you find out that um, the whole time, the other guy was trying to get this confession out of him. And then they lock him in this kind of world um, within his own mind for like X amount of infinity years or something. Yeah. Um, I thought it was all right. It was interesting enough. I, mean, I, I wanted to know where it was going. But once it got to trapping people in mines and stuff, it got a bit too crazy. It's a bit then, Twilight Zone there. Yeah, and the punishment doesn't really fit the crime. Like, yeah, he does kill the granddad. That's really bad. But it's, it wasn't like a, he's a serial killer or something. No, you're right. It was just a uh, bad moment. Uh, you know, from violence, rage, whatever. You're right. And I think the idea is it's like um, solitary confinement of the brain. Now, I haven't seen it for quite a while, but I think he starts with like a year and then it's and it just basically whizzes through. It's like a massive time lapse and then the guy's there, he's growing a beard, he looks a bit depressed. And he's like, are you, are you enjoying this? Oh, why not another 10 years? Skips it forward. And it's just like so such a long period of time that if you were by yourself in one room, you would lose the ability to talk. You'd go yeah. crazy. Yeah. And you cherish every moment when that guy finally comes back to talk to you. Instead, I think he gets aggressive. He's like, fuck you. Fuck you. He goes, oh, okay, we'll do another 20 years. Yeah. It's like, no, you wouldn't. You'd be like, right, how can I charm him to get out of this scenario? I need to. Li- I, I want to not be, you know. In you do place. anything to get out of You it. do anything to get um, out of it. So, yeah, it was a bit stupid. It's a bit silly. I'm going to give this one. I did still find it quite interesting, so I'll give it a C-. minus. Okay, cool. I give this one a solid C. I was really looking forward to this at Christmas. I got all my family around. I was like, oh, you should watch Black Mirror. It's amazing. And everyone was like, thanks, guys. That was fucking cheerful, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, probably not the best. That's the that's the backstory. Uh, I don't know how long this episode's gone on for now. I don't know how quickly we have to rattle through these No, we're all right, we're all right. Cool, okay. Um, so now we get to 2016 October. Netflix have put a lot of money into this. And they say it's a Netflix original. They do, even though <laughs> it's a crooked thing. Um, six new scripts, uh, all good in their own ways. We'll start off with Nosedive, which... Um, it's the most expensive of the six episodes. Big budget. They have the director here from Pan, last year's Pan film. Oh, um, wow. Joe Wright. Uh, Bryce, Halle- Bryce Howard Dallas. She's really good in it. Yeah, from Jurassic World and all that. Um, do you want to talk about through this one? Yeah, um, this is a story about um, in a society where you have to get Facebook li- like Facebook likes. Mm-hmm. You have to get a lot of likes and you get a credit score which goes up and down based on your likes. 
Um, and then that kind of enables you to do different things. So if you're going to buy a house, for example, which she tries to do, you need to be on the 4.5 likes. Yes. Something like that. So she has to work to get those likes. And then um, in the story, I think she wants to buy this house. She needs a certain likes. And one of her friends who's super popular invites her to be uh, thinking maid of honor or something. Yes. Of, uh, on, in her wedding. And so it's also painfully she's fake, trying to isn't get it? There, Every yeah. conversation is four smiles. And she's trying to get there and then like things go from bad to worse and there's a nosedive and you know she just... She starts losing her likes, and I, th- I thought it was a really interesting concept. Something that can easily happen in real life. In I real can imagine life. that happening. Um, and there's a bit when she's in the airport, and there's like double punishment. Yes. And that was painful. That was horrible. Watching that, I was like, oh crap, she's losing all her points. As I was watching it, I was constantly aware that I felt like it was style over substance, and I was like, I love it. It looked brilliant, though, the pastel colors. Yeah, yes, I thought it looks great, the concept's great. What am I not enjoying? But actually, on reflection, it's very good. It's actually a really good story. Well acted. And you're right, things like double punishment and stuff. And the fact that I cared about her losing points, I was like, no, I don't want her to lose any more. Obviously, they'd written a good character. But then they had the truck driver, which was, she was like, I didn't give a shit about this. I stopped. Yeah. And I'm happy, living a happy life free. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful, that's a beautiful scene because yeah. even though Bryce is suffering the worst, she still is judgmental and is still judging the truck driver. So she's actually an anti-hero. She's really... She's not the nicest person that you want to follow. Um, but I think it's more because of ignorance um, and naivety rather than her being horrible. Like her friend who invites her to the wedding who's yeah, just a bitch. She's just a bitch. This uh, episode really resonates with me. My sister is part of what I would consider what this is trying to parody. She's a vlogger, blogger. Everything's Instagram. It's hashtag. It's trying to get as many likes as possible. On you say your sister, but well, that sounds like you. <laughs> Mate, I get about two if I'm lucky. Yeah, no, she probably and it's her career, and you forget this that she needs that to uh, get get to bigger and better places. And I understand that. It's the same kind of with Uber. You know, every Uber yeah. driver wants five stars. Yeah. Because it impacts. They can you know do more lifts. They can get more money for their family. I understand it as a career. Um, this kind of distorts that and says you need it for a nice house. This that, and the other, but. I guess that's everyone's end goal. You want yeah, the money, yeah. so you can actually get the nice house. Well, the life could be switched for money. Yeah, It'd be the same film. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you need to buy this house. You need this much this amount of money. Clicks, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna give this one an A. Yeah. yeah uh, it's really I'm good. With you. I think it's an A. I would watch it again. Actually, it's nice and concise. Um, number two, Dan Trachtenberg's playtest. Um, while in Britain, a thrill-seeking globetrotter tests a video game. That is terrifyingly advanced. That's the description. Um, it's directed by Temp Cloverfield Lane's Dan Trachtenberg. Again, written by Brooker. Um, and I was really uh, on a roll with this one. I really enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, I, I really liked this one. Um, I think the main actor was a bit fucking annoying. Yeah, he's um, a little like bit. He was narrating everything he was doing, which is a bit annoying. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I love video games. I'm a gamer. And you're a gamer too. Yeah. I could imagine a game like this. I'd play it. I'd try it out. Yes. So it was really interesting. Um, they kind of filmed it really well. Um, it, was filmed, uh, it was directed really well. And they had loads of moments where you expect like something to happen, but it doesn't. Like, you know the bit when he opens the door yeah. of a cupboard and he's like, oh, there's going to be a spider, a monster there, isn't it? Yeah. Shuts it, it's not. But then it comes like a few seconds later, kind of catches you off guard a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a really cool idea. I just didn't like all the false endings at the end. There was a few. I remember I basically went out, I watched uh, Nosedive, the previous one, with my mate, and then we went out for a night out and got hammered. And we came back and we brought some other mates with us. And we were all in my living room and the guy was like, go and stick on another Black Mirror. So I was like, all right. So we put on this one. He fell asleep in about five minutes. But we all sat through it. And I don't know if it was, if I was my senses were heightened because I was drunk, but I found myself predicting a lot. I thought, ah, hang on. The majority of this is to do with the video game, the survival horror game. Yeah. The first 10 minutes are so disconnected to that because he's basically just in bed with this girl that he's met. 
and I was thinking, and it gives a lot of exposition about his life and uh, and his like worries about his father and his family and he's disconnected. And I was like, that is obviously going to come back and haunt him in some way. Should have answered his mum's call. And then he gets a call, yeah, and he doesn't take it. And then there's a bit where a woman says, uh, before you do this horror game, it's completely off the limits. You can't take pictures. You can't record what you're about to go into. And what happens? He takes a picture. He takes a picture. He's like, she leaves the room. He's like, oh, shit, yeah. So he does that. Um, and I was like, ah, that's going to bite him in the ass. So, and, and it played out exactly as I predicted. Um, but that's not to say it wasn't fun while it happened. Yeah, it was an enjoyable ride. It's, it's a very genre kind of film. Genre yes. piece. Um, yeah. It didn't make you think as much afterwards. You kind of watch it and think, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Um, so overall, I'll give this one an A minus. I still liked it a lot. Yeah, I'd give this one a B plus. I wouldn't go back to watch it in a hurry because he's quite annoying. He's, I think he's kind of yeah. I just love horror stuff, you know that. And yeah. this, is, this was probably the closest to that. It was good. It was funny to hear about casting for that one because I heard Dan Trachtenberg talk about it on a different podcast, and he was saying like how they were reluctant to have the gamers be like Japanese because they don't want to kind of report the stereotype that it's just kind of. Japanese billionaires that make these kind of weird games and stuff but in the end one of the guys is Japanese isn't he he's the just like a black creator of the game creator yeah. yeah so they kind of still go along with that um, but yeah I guess that's just to kind of quickly say what this is all about uh, okay cool so we've graded that one now we're on to episode 3 Shut Up and Dance Ruble what's Shut Up and Dance about? <laughs> uh, so this one's about a kid um, who is watching some porn on his laptop bangs out a quick wank yeah. And then gets a message My man. that tells him, they show him a video that they've seen what he's just done and they're going to expose it to everybody and all his friends and stuff unless he follows the specific instructions. Um, he does and he comes across other people that have been framed in the same way. Yeah. Um, but you don't know exactly what these people have all done. Um, so it's this journey. Everyone's of, a bit shady. Of him they? trying to yeah, clear himself. Um, so he meets Bron from Game of Thrones. <laughs> they have to get together <laughs> yeah. like a buddy cop. Um, rob a bank and do this, that, and the other. Yeah, it goes mental. Um, I loved this one. This is my favorite from the whole three series. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was along for the ride. Um, and then the ending kind of made me feel a bit disappointed. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I get it. Like, you know, Bron, they, in the end show, they was having an affair. Yeah. Um, believable. That could happen. And then a few other guys were doing some stuff. I think one woman, they had, she had racist emails. She was a CEO of a company. Yes, yeah. That could happen. Um, and the guy he meets at the end, who has to, he has to fight to the death. Yes, for um, a drone was camera. a pedophile. And he looks like a pedophile. That guy could have been a pedophile. Yeah, yeah, he's crazy. But then he shows that he was a pedophile too, and I didn't like that. I thought they had oh, an opportunity yeah. to do something different. Like, I know um, what they could have, well, I feel what they could have done was he was maybe a closet homosexual. Yeah. Um, I know being homosexual is accepted in society, but not widely in some yeah, places. Yeah, there are definitely some people um, go to They could have just changed their dynamics a bit and maybe he's trying to hide it and maybe he lives in a home of um homophobic uh, family you said this friends. before i think it's a valid reason yeah it could well then, be that yeah and that would have made it a bit more realistic because the guy looks a bit too young and a bit just just doesn't feel right that he's a pedophile too yeah um, i didn't get that but otherwise i loved it yeah no i i agree in fact uh, i tried to get my parents to watch this one and they came to me and my mum was like no we had to switch it off after 10 minutes i didn't want to see this poor boy be bullied and i was like oh he's not such a poor boy she's like what and i was like watch it she went no i won't just tell me the ending so i was like okay in the end i was like you know how he shook the little girl's hand in mcdonald's and she went yeah i was like he's actually a pedophile and he's trying to not get that out and she was like oh my god so actually you know it's a <laughs> oh gripping story people wanted to know yeah it's oh my god <laughs> so shut up and dance i don't know why it's called that is it because like dance monkey dance like yeah to yeah. The tune. yeah yeah um great really dark it's up there for me right behind uh, white bear from season two 
it's the same sort of darkness. I'll give that an A. An A. I'd give it an A. I mean, I would have given it an A plus if they did went down the, you know, homosexual route Rather than pedophile. for me or something else like that. He could have been a racist or something, yeah. but not a pedophile. Just... We mentioned casting at the start of this whole chat, and again, the, the boys cast too young, I think, to be yeah. believable. Yeah. You know, it stopped... if they wanted to make a pedophile, they should have made someone that was a bit older. Because he's about fifteen, and yeah. to be honest, if I was fifteen and I was watching, I don't know, my mate who's fourteen on webcam. Uh, obviously that's, make you that's kind of like obviously she's underage so it's paedophilia but you know I wouldn't cast that because I'm a similar age myself yeah, unless he was looking at like four year olds four year olds but you never know it's never addressed yeah. the guy says how young eh how young it's a horrible ending yeah. oh, it gives me, and he, he, how does he beat that guy in a fight that guy looks huge yeah the guy's huge and he's pissed up he's <laughs> got a bottle of vodka it's really well shot that ending because you immediately think like fuck this guy's and his mum calls him what the fuck have you done yeah like, oh, oh, shit. That's the, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the ending's brilliant they just get trolled and it's that troll face yeah ready. yeah so whatever they do they're going to get they exposed regardless anyway. next uh, next episode 4 San Junipero um, perhaps the only optimistic of these tales um, and it's basically it begins in like uh, the 80s uh, in a kind of small Midwestern coastal, actually, uh, American town called San Junipero. Uh, it's like a surfer beach kind of place where two girls meet um, and they go on this little kind of, well, it's kind of a lesbian journey together. They're, they're good lead characters. And as it goes on and on, you realize actually this is a, a fantasy world which the elderly can enter to kind of relive their amazing youth. Um, and you can actually put your brain into this once you die. You can go right. It's like a cloud. You can go to heaven or you can go to the cloud. Yeah, a bit like Apple Cloud software. You can either go to a machine or you can go to heaven. Um, and it's quite, it's bittersweet. What did you think for this one? Um, I liked it and hated it at the same time. I, I love the 80s look. The, right. the, the soundtrack was sick. Um, the Heaven is a Place on Earth song seemed like it was made for this. It's a great parallel, yeah. Um, that was really good. And I liked the story quite a lot. But it wasn't, it just didn't interest me that much. And I thought, like what? What kind of ruined it for me was like there was a great speech at the end from uh, one of the women who yes. says, "I can't join you in this place because my husband died and he didn't want to come here because our kid was killed and he didn't have a chance to come to this place. So I want to be with my kid." And I was like, "That's really sweet." Yeah. Um, and that was that. If it just ended there, I would have loved it. Yeah. But then she was just like, two seconds later, actually, fuck it, I'll come. Yeah. Yeah, what's, what? the reason? what's the reason for that? Why did she change Because she has a car crash or some shit and then the other woman saves her and she realised, oh, you know, in she, heaven, she love did. comes first. Uh, <laughs> ooh, baby, she, heaven. You know I'm that ending really, really spoiled it for me. I'm with you. This is um, a lot of people's favourite episodes ever. And again, I think it might be concept more than execution because actually the best Black Mirrors are where you're grabbed in the first 10 minutes. And I remember being psyched for this one because I heard it was great and I sat down and I think 25 minutes had passed before there was a hint of drama and a hint of action. It was 10 minutes of a girl shaking off some like annoying guys and then going off with another girl and 15 minutes like of a love story. And then you realize, ah, here's the concept here. It's actually elderly people, um, reliving their youth. It, it kind of was a bit wishy washy for me. I love the concept really do. Um, and I, maybe I'll ask you, what would you do? Would you go to heaven or would you live forever in a machine? That's a tough question, but it I depends think... what everyone I know is doing. Like so if, if all my yeah, parents right, and right. my friends and everyone like we're all gonna go to this place, I'll be like, "Fuck it, party over here." Yeah, I'm down for that. Boogie on down, but like If you believe DMX. in heaven anyway, if you are religious, then regardless of whether you go to a machine, religion, religion still... is all about faith, right? Yeah, you yeah. hope there's a heaven or you believe there's a heaven, but here you know this is there. You can guarantee. Um, so it's not exactly the same, but I just think it would completely. Like, I would. I wouldn't want to be there by myself. Um, but yeah. if I, everyone I knew and all the people I liked went there. 
Um, you say I'd be why there not? too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say why not? You like that's why on. I get the guy that her husband, like my daughter, died in a car crash, whatever it was. Before never this, had a chance yeah. to go here. Um, I'm not gonna go there. And if if that happened, like if my wife died and she didn't go there, I'm like, fuck that. You're right. I'm not going. So maybe it just targets like a certain age group. Yeah. You're right. It's, that's gonna... interesting though. I like I like it more now. I've discussed it with you. Um, great. Uh, B. I give it a C plus. No, no, a B minus. Okay. B minus. I, t- I still liked it. We're fairly similar today. I think you've given a few more negative scores. I'm just more hush. <laughs> uh, episode five, the penultimate, is called "Men Against Fire," set in the future where there's a kind of an infestation of these horrible creatures and a very kind of small military group. <laughs> I think they're meant to be the actual military, but it's a very small outfit. Go and have to kill these uh, creatures. What did you think? Well, I should have loved this one. It, it, it looks like a computer game. Well, you know, it looks like it's based on a computer game. Yes. And again, like I said, I'm a gamer. I, I thought I'd love this one. And I love the concept, like how these monsters aren't actually monsters and they're trying to create super soldiers. So they give them this... I don't know, some kind of technology that makes them see their enemies as like the zombie-like monsters, yeah. and they're actually not, so you can kill them without remorse. Um, it's a really cool concept, and I think that's something they probably should do in the military. And they execute that scene nicely where he finally yeah. realises he's kind of, yeah. I think his tech's playing up, and it switches off. It starts glitching a bit. Yeah, the zombie turns into just a woman and a kid, and yeah. it's like, fuck. And I think that is something the military could possibly do, yeah. um, and that was a really cool idea. I mean, it's an action-based one, I love action films. It's just I just didn't enjoy it that much. I yeah. love I love that little reveal bit, but everything before and after that was just kind of boring. Yeah. Maybe it's just because coming off the back of um, Shut Up and Dance and Shut Up and Dance, Playtest, play test and San Junipero, which is which are all really interesting and different. Yeah. Um, you came to this, and it was like I feel like they were a bit bored now. I felt like Shut Up and Dance had no budget, and they did a lot with that. I feel like Men Against Fire had no budget, but the story demanded there was some, and they obviously yeah. couldn't find it. So. Poor director. Let's have to find out who his name or her name was. Uh, doesn't say. One second. Uh, directed by Jacob Verbruggen. Uh, I feel bad for that person because they don't have a lot to work with here. It's a lot of small rooms. It reminds me of Fifty Million Merits actually. A few little studio setups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then like <laughs> I, I, they probably filmed it in Ireland or somewhere. Some scraggy rocks and put some zombies around there. It was just a good idea, um, but again, it didn't translate so well to screen. It I'm gonna give this yeah. one a C minus. I'd agree with you. Just on the idea alone, gives it's it a bit, probably bit of credit. yeah. It's Smiley's favorite of the entire series. Oh wow! Uh, Where's Waldo? Oh, sorry, of this new series. This All right, yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, you agree? Yeah. Nice one. And finally, it's a feature-length episode called Hated in the Nation. And we kind of come full circle because the first ever episode was called The National Anthem. So Hated in the Nation uh, returns to those kind of roots of thriller. Uh, it's, a, it's a genre piece again, isn't it? It's, a, it's kind of a buddy cop story um, about mysterious deaths linked to social media. Uh, yeah. Basically, Twitter, you vote on Twitter for who you'd like to die most. And the one with the most votes gets killed. Uh, again, I can believe that happening. I can believe yeah. people are bitter enough that they would do that. Um, and you wouldn't. And the weapon used to kill people isn't what you'd expect. Is it ruble? Um, so why is it a bee or a fly it's or something? Bees, yeah. Uh, killer bees. Um, it's like the birds. Hitchcock it is a bit like birds. the birds. But I think this is true. Apparently, bees are dying out. Really? Uh, by the time, yeah. Whenever this is set. Wow, wasps die out. Fucking hate those things. I know. Um, well, with this one, firstly, the blonde detective is the waif from Game of Thrones. She you know is. that? Yeah, the one who um, beats up uh, little Arya. Yeah, she looks so different. Anyway, when I first switched this one on and they had that Scottish woman, yeah. I was like, fuck's sake. <laughs> she was in a Boardwalk Empire and I hated her so much, innit? Yeah. 
that I just stopped watching the show after two seasons. I just couldn't stand her. And you right. know she's a main character. She's probably going to be there till the end. It's going to bug your tits off. Yeah. Um, but she was good in this one. Um, she was all right in this one. Um, I mean, I, all the characters were fine. It was just kind of like a, you know, straight-to-TV thriller film. Um, it is. It wasn't that interesting. Not much happens where you think, oh, that's that's amazing, or that's a cool concept. It's not really. There's nothing to it. It's just a nothing episode. Yeah, her partner... I was crushing the whole way through. She's called Blue, the waif from Game of Thrones. And she's uh, she's never kind of happy. She's always a bit miserable and always a bit mysterious and kind of like lurking off in the distance. And I thought, oh, I think this twist is going to be she's actually the instigator of all this Twitter. But that would be too obvious. That would be yeah, too... Yeah. New character comes in, actually ends up being the villain. And it wasn't that. I was happy to know. But then kind of the, the payoff isn't even that good either. It's just some random bloke. Yeah, but um, if it just ended there showing, yeah, he did all this shit and it finished. Yeah. It would be all right. But then it just shows... Blue finally find him and catch him. You're like, how? He's shaved his hair. Or he looks completely different. Lived, yeah, he lives in like, um, Dubai or something. He goes somewhere. in the middle of nowhere. How yeah. the fuck did she go find him? Didn't explain it. They just show it. I mean, I like the idea that, you know, it's showing in social media. There's no consequence. And you can do what you want. Say what you want. Yeah. Um, that's a cool, slightly cool concept. But it just did nothing with it. I was kind of bored. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this one, again, a C-. Um, I think I gave Men Against Fire a C-. minus. I'll give this one a C+. Plus. It was once I started getting it, and I liked the scene. I found that it was actually well directed. There was tense scenes where these killer bees would come in, um, but I hated. Oh, I hated the acting of one particular actor. I won't call him out uh, by his name, just in case he ever listens to podcasts. But dude, the one who plays the guy who owns these robot bees. Well, I think now he knows who he is. You know, he knows who he is. <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't. Uh, granted, again, Charlie Brooker's script writing dialogue isn't great. It is like terrible lines delivered worse this is worse than the Star Wars prequels it's like wow. really hammy he's there like can we shut down the bees yes of course we can oh no I, I've overridden it I can't do anything <laughs> uh, I was like what the fuck is this it's for babies what's going on <laughs> so uh, yeah terrible acting yeah look forward to the next season I can't six wait six more episodes he's already he said uh, he's been on uh, Radio 1 to kind of plug this season apparently uh, Tarantino's going to direct one really nah Oh, I love that. And the guy was like, are you busy? And he's like, yeah, I'm busy. I'm doing my, my 2017 screen wipe and I'm doing more Black Mirror. So yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Look but forward uh, to that. Yeah, Brooke has got plenty up his sleeve. Top five quickly? Top five AI films. That is our, yeah, that is what we're doing now. Um, do we have a title for this or do we just say them? Bit on the side. Okay, it's time for our Bit on the Side. Manuba, what is in your top five AI films? Should we start number five? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Okay, good um, number five for me is Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Um, I really like this film. I think it's really thought-provoking. Um, it's really interesting. The dialogue's awesome. The acting's really good. It's only three characters, um, and it keeps you hooked throughout. Um, and I love that they did. Like everyone, I think everyone that watches it thinks, I know what the twist is going to be. Um, he's a robot all along. Yeah. That's not the twist. twist. <laughs> There's no fucking twist. There isn't a that. twist. It just plays out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really good, really well-made AI film. I would completely agree with you. There was only one point where I... And that dance scene. The dance scene. When he breaks quality. the dance floor. Wow! There's only one scene where I thought he got a bit silly. Uh, that's where he cuts himself to see if he's a robot. Um, I get now what, I, I get your point. He Obviously, that's the twist we all think is coming. 
uh, but he wasn't. And there's probably <laughs> I like loads that. Of, probably loads of uh, ways. Now you, can check. you just wasted some blood and you it was done in a really like weird sequence where I actually said out loud to him in front of people. So I was like, "Oh, I get it. He's the right." And then he well, wasn't. I think they're trying to show that he's losing his mind a bit. That's why they was bit. filmed a bit jarring the jump cuts in that area. Fair enough. Uh, my number five is Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. Uh, I had Good to film. watch this kind of every year from the age of. 10 to 15 because my dad was obsessed with it um really good film and the trailer is out for blade runner 2047 that looks amazing it's directed by bell uh, someone bellevue i forgot his name uh he, he recently directed arrival which i didn't like um but the trailer for this i mean harrison ford ryan gosling two great actors he looks super stylistic when he's walking through that kind of desert landscape i can't wait to see what they do with this yeah, looks interesting there you go number uh, four my number four Dead or Alive, you're coming with me, Robocop. Robocop. Uh, <laughs> I love this film. Yeah. Um, I love the dystopian world that it's set in. It's very gritty, very um, visceral. Um, when I was the original, young, yeah, the, original, yeah the, the first one. Was it, um, is it uh, Verhoeven? Yes, yeah. Um, when, I, when I was young, I wanted to be a cop. Right. And then I saw this film, and when Murphy gets shot up, I was like, fuck that, I'm being no cop. <laughs> I, like, it, it ruined my hopes and dreams but putting that aside I absolutely love this film the soundtrack's excellent it has loads of good action yeah. it's really violent I love the blood splits that they use it was great was it based um, off a comic book or was it comic after I'm not sure actually. it's a graphic novel at some point but I can't remember it's it. just a shame that every Robocop since then shit the new one was alright no I'm thinking new Judge Dredd I like the new Judge Dredd yeah. the new Robocop wasn't a bad film if they didn't call it Robocop yeah um, they took everything about Robocop away from it did, so I was like, what was the point of that? Uh, wouldn't make my top five, mate, but yeah, I can see why it's in yours. Fair play. Uh, my number four is something we've mentioned, actually, on the show. Her by Spike Jonze, or Yonze, um, or Jones. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Um, it probably would have been higher, but there's a few films I love more. Um, Her, oh. is a, Her is just a great story. It's really realistic. It kind of takes the idea of Siri, uh, but what if Siri could be completely tailored to you? And I can't see that being far off. And it gets to know you. Um, and it can have its own feelings and have a relationship with you, but obviously you can't physically manifest it. What a really thought-provoking, moving, beautiful film. Oh, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, my number three, Big Hero 6. I haven't seen the that. Animation. I heard it's really good. Fucking love it, man. Is it good? It's a Marvel comic, which is actually quite serious as well. Marvel? Yeah, yeah. Really? It's not like for kids, but um, they've adapted it for kids. I think it's really good. I, I love the soundtrack. I love the story. It, make, it, it has moments that are really sad. It has moments that are funny, moments yeah. that are happy, moments that make you feel pumped well, I've heard the beginning 10 minutes as always a bit like uh, quite sad yeah yeah, yeah. and um, it basically takes you on a roller coaster ride of emotions and I really enjoyed it um, I thought all the characters were awesome um, it's a film that I can just watch if it's on TV I'll just watch it yeah. I loved it and I expect like it and the, the robot is awesome um, trying to give it a big hug and there's a moment when he's kind of losing battery and they show that as him getting drunk so like he comes, like he's taking the robot to his room. And he always can't let his aunt see it. Yeah. And the robot's like stumbling across everywhere, like a drunk it's guy a falling over yeah. and stuff. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's really funny. I, I really enjoyed it. I love that film. I love it, man. Uh, my number three is Big Hero Six as well. I'm joking. I've never seen it. <laughs> I'm uh, it's, but it is an overlap. It's Ex Machina. Uh, I won't, there's nothing else I can add. It's uh, an incredible piece of work, and it's a modern film. Um, and my next couple aren't actually that recent, so um, it's good to get that one. So in. my number two and one was, I love these films equally and I couldn't separate them so yeah. I flipped a coin uh, so my number two was Terminator 2 great film um, it's one Day. of my favourite films ever made I fucking love it better than Terminator 1 much better much much better uh, Terminator 1 watch it again it's not that good 
I've watched it so many times. <laughs> I had to recut a trailer for it. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, It is a good movie. It's just, it's not amazing. I don't think it's stood the test of time. That Whereas this one has. If you watch it now, it still looks like it could have been made last the year. The effects are brilliant. It's so good. And like James Cameron, fucking hell, he knows what he's doing. And it's so iconic in popular culture uh, with all the little phrases. And that. It made Arnold Schwarzenegger from a you know, big star to a mega star. Like, mega star. Like, everyone knows him as the Terminator. What about the douchey little Connor boy, though? Oh, John Connor. <laughs> let, me, let me go. <laughs> What'd you do that for? Because you told me to. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't know, the kid's a bit too It's sweet. such a shame that that series has gone down the shits. Yeah. Connor, I fucking love that film. You've got to bring it back to it. Again, it's gone too crazy to, you know, yeah. out there. You've got to just hone it back in. It'd be good. Cool. Good number two. My number two is a film. Again, I'm a bit like you, but the number one just really gets me. Um, Number two, whenever it's on TV, I will sit down and watch it. Do you know what that is? No. The Matrix. Ah, nice movie. Not quite an AI film. Um, well, it is. I think I've seen that. That's probably the, the most watched action film I've ever seen. Uh, every single time it's on ITV2 or something, and it's usually towards the end segment where he's trying to run away from the agents and Smith. I'm just glued to it. I kind of look, I go, ah, oh, it's The Matrix, and I smile. And then I kind of carry on watching it. Then I'm glued, and I have to see how it plays out, even though I know. Yeah, so much to say as The well. kung fu and choreography is exceptional. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it has so much the to say. The concept is fucking amazing. The concept amazing. is amazing. It was the first film of its time, uh, of its kind to really challenge you like that. Oh, um, it wasn't the first film to do bullet time. That was Jet Li's The One. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Forget bullet it. time became its thing, didn't it? Yeah, you're right. Okay, I didn't know. Uh, my number one is Matrix. Is it? Yeah, I, I love it so much. I mean, I love it as much as Terminator 2. I don't know which one I like more, but... Um, I just thought The Matrix, the concept was a bit more um, out there, trying something a bit more different, and the filming techniques and stuff like that yeah. they used was um, new for its time. And it doesn't get boring, it doesn't get old. Um, again, it's big Great in uh, popular culture, so much references. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like it. I'm, I'm with you. It's a shame they ruined it with the shitty sequels. Was there any of those sequels you enjoyed? No. I thought two was bad, three was worse. But one was just fantastic. But it could have been shit if they had the original cast. That day. Who was the original cast? They, I think Neil was going to be Will Smith. Oh, God. Can Zion be saved, y'all? <laughs> um, I think Agent Smith was supposed to be um, Jim Carrey. Right. Um, and Morpheus was supposed to be Ross from Friends. Oh, no. And I think Nicolas Cage was going to be cast as well at one point. As, as um, the agents? One of the agents? No, no, as Neil. I think oh, it was right. Neo. Um, and he was also supposed to be in Lord of the Rings at Aragon. Anyway. You know, um, also, how old were you when you watched The Matrix? I watched it when it came out. When did it come out? 1999? 1999, so I'd have been. But. Hold on. I was about to say 24. I wasn't going to be 24. I was going to be 10. 99. <laughs> uh, maybe it's 2000, early 2000. So I was about 14, 13, something like that. Okay, so I think I. I watched it in about, the cinema. I loved it. I'd have been about 9, 10. My parents got back from the cinema and obviously I was too young to go and they were screaming its praises. Eventually it came on Sky. And they said, it might be a bit scary for you, Gary. And I, and I loved that. There was a, a scene at the start where he has a dream sequence. Do you remember this? Where they put a bug in him and yeah. his, mouth, his, yeah, his yeah. mouth closes shut. He's like, mm, mm. That's awesome. And it haunted me. I had to turn it off. But then I went back and watched it and stuck through it. And how good does it get? It just goes. That through. role was made for Keanu Reeves. Yeah, it really was. And he gave most of his money to the effects guys. Did what it? a nice guy. Did yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, like, they, made like, that they film. did all the work. They, they gave made all the money. What a nice guy. Um, can't talk about this one for too long, but my number one um, is just a slight one. It's called Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams. Have you ever seen it? Nope. It's about 13 when I went to see it, and I cried. I think it's the only time I've cried in the cinema. Such a, It's based on that book of short stories uh, that iRobot was also based off about the robot's dream of electric sheep or something like that. Um, it's just a moving story of a, a family robot. It's a future where you can buy a robot for your, for your kids and that. 
and he kind of uh, the one little girl absolutely adores him and he kind of carves her little horses and stuff it's a really sweet story and then as he gets older he wants to become human um, so he meets this kind of technician who puts skin on him and then becomes Robin Williams and he cracks jokes and stuff like that I'd but, like uh, a Robin Williams robot it'd be nice wouldn't it but yeah. he's not silly Robin Williams he's really emotional it's kind of when um, Jim Carrey did the Truman Show and it kind of got quite serious yeah yeah it moves on. It's a really, and then it becomes his quest for humanity and I'll actually watch that. doesn't want to live forever. Yeah. Really good. You'll enjoy that. Um, I've got a couple of honourable mentions before we go into our worst one. Yeah. Um, Blade Runner, which you've talked about. Go on. Wall-E. Yeah. I really like that. I didn't like it once it, the the second half of it once it, the humans get involved. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was as good as it as the beginning because I love the yeah, start. Gets no a bit... dialogue, no nothing. Yeah. It's just a really uh, good story that was. Because um, quite dull, quite quick. And short circuit. Johnny Five. Have you seen that? No. Watch it. <laughs> this is fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, I think the military creates robots and they uh, create this robot called Johnny One, Johnny Two, whatever. And it gets to Johnny Five and Johnny Five kind of gets um, intelligence and he yeah. runs away and goes with his family. It's a family movie. It's really funny and uh, really kind of light-hearted, um, enjoyable romp. Right. Uh, I'd give it a shot. Gary, just watch it. Okay. Yeah, you'd like, it's, really, it's really like, you, you know, do you like Home Alone? Yeah. It's like those kind of films. Okay, you know, well, yeah, inoffensive, it's called Short Circuit. Really fun, yeah, Short Circuit. Right, look into my eyes now, and I'm going to go three, two, one. At one, I want us to both say our least favourite AI. Oh, you have an honourable mention? No, I don't have any honourable Okay, got it. Okay, ready, look at me. Three, two, one. Transformers. Oh! <laughs> two, Transformers 2. Oh my God, I thought yours was Transformers. No. Um, Transcendence, you don't like that? I think that's not one of the worst AI films. Um, I think it's one of the worst films ever made. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, man. Like, so bad. what were they thinking? Like, why the fuck did I watch it? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just so bland. It's like soup, plain soup. Plain soup. It's. Uh, I don't. I don't think I have the vocabulary to say how bad it is. It's just nothing happens, and then it just finishes, and it's like two and a half hours long. Johnny what Depp one, yeah. Fuck. That yeah. That's all, all right. What's all right about it? It's not so bad. It's so I, shit. It's directed by Chris Nolan's right hand man, who's his cinematographer. The cinematographer. Yeah, yeah, he should have stuck to being a cinematographer. Because <laughs> this Rather isn't a story good teller. film. It's horribly written. Johnny Depp's a joke in it. Like, I know Transformers are shit, but you can see what kind of people like them. Yeah. And I can get it. Like, I. A lot of people don't like Fast and Furious, but I like it because it's made for a specific audience. I think Transformers are made for a specific audience. Like, you know, people just want to have a bit of popcorn, watch it, high-five each other. Yeah. Um, whatever. But Transcendence is made for no one. It's just shit. I think I can shit on that by saying Transformers 2. I mean, yeah, I, maybe I'm shitting. It is really bad. I watched it in IMAX and it's awful. Did you? You went IMAX? Fuck me, why. I went to the cinema <laughs> with a mate. We went every week when I was at school. And, uh, so one of the only films I've walked out of, that and St. Trinian's 2, I left by about an hour and, an hour and ten minutes in. It was just insultingly bad. Is it Shia LaBeouf? No, 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 no. And then the, I left when the old robot came out and started coughing up nuts and bolts and then the two black robots were like, yeah, boy, beep, beep, what, what? Oh, that I was like, is this what people liked as kids? I never watched it as a kid, so I, c- I couldn't really attach myself to it. I didn't mind the first Transformers film, um, but since then they've been shit. But I get why some people like them. I, I can see that. I, I just have, can't see who likes Transcendence. I do have really quickly one honourable mention I forgot about. Silent Running. It's uh, Bruce Dern. It's a 70s film. It's about a man who's in space and has to look after a garden centre in space. It's so good. And he's got these little robots for friends. You know it's going to go south. This isn't a spoiler, but it's so emotional. I, I think I like my emotional sci-fis more than my action ones. That's why... Mm-hmm. Becoming a woman. 
I am. Richard yeah. Jones, baby, <laughs> sci-fi, spectacular. Um, cool. I think that's all we've got time for, Yeah, it's it? been quite a long It's been episode. a good one. Well, happy new year, everyone. If you want to get in touch, uh, Rubles are about to tell you now how you can get in touch. Castingcouchfilmcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ccfilmcast. If you have hate mail, then shove up your ass. <laughs> or send it in. I like those first two. <laughs> um, cheers. Well, cheers, Rob. It's been good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks. Just kidding. Uh, that's, that's all from me and all from... Rob. <laughs> Have a good one. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.